if a prospect is reaching out to you on Facebook, they are most likely reaching out to your competitor on Facebook as well. So who's who's getting to them first? I mean, filling out a contact form, anyone can get an automatic email right after they fill out a contact form on your website. But normally people are going to Facebook so that they can get that more personalized response. And so think, who's going to be there first, you or your competitor? Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. Hey, Building Perspective. I'm back. I feel like this is like three weeks in a row you've heard from me, but I hope it's been fun. I'm here this week with our own Alexis Udine. Hello, hello. I'm sure you've seen her all over social media. But anyway, we're here today to talk about something super, super interesting that Alexis and I have just been chatting about for really the past couple of months and how this is evolving, you'll see in the title here, um, the OSC's role in social media. So Alexis, I want to start off by asking you a little bit about your OSC days and how you are seeing the OSC role transition from your days as an OSC to now as an OSC trainer. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great point. And there has been an evolution. And so going back almost five to 10 years ago in my role as an OSC, um, you know, many online sales specialists do kind of, they're the front line. So they control the website. That's like their online model. And they, they're supposed to be looking at listings and social media. So that was part of my capacity. Manage social media, post the pictures, get the likes and all that kind of stuff. And so I definitely had a role in it. But really, I was never booking appointments online from social media. Um, I don't know if Instagram even existed. And now I'm really dating myself. <laughs> But, you know, I was on there. I made sure to post as much as I could, but it was all about getting likes and comments on our pictures. It was not engaging with people to see if they were a real lead. It was having a presence and being there, but it wasn't what it was today. And, you know, Molly would always go to the Builder Show and, you know, we would talk about social media and the importance of builders being on it. And builders were the first to say, I'm not going to sell a home off Facebook. I'm not going to sell a home from social Uh media. Yeah. Aha. And Molly used to say, but they're going to choose not to buy a home from you on social media. And that was kind of showing the difference between builder one and builder two. You know, if you had a presence and consistency and you were upkeeping with it, you know, you might want to go to that builder. Um, If you were completely stagnant, then maybe I wouldn't choose you. But now people are buying homes off Facebook. People are booking appointments. They're quality leads coming from social media platforms. And really, that's what the evolution is. I mean, it's completely changed. And we see it in traffic reports as a source. And, you know, um, we have buyers coming from there. And so it really has evolved over the last five to 10 years. And even more so in the last two with the whole pandemic and the way people are 
shopping, um, it's gotten even uh, a greater source for sure. Well, we were even talking before we got on this podcast about social media messaging and how far messaging on social media has gone and how both of us, and you could tell your story right after this, but both of us, we don't even go to websites first to message for customer service anymore. We yep. we go to Facebook pages and message them through Facebook expecting a response Exactly. When we're looking for an answer to our question. A hundred percent. And it really, you know, I think it's so important for builders to remember that because no matter what the industry. So my example is I was going to a little BYOB and, you know, someone said, do they take cash or credit card? And I was like, great question, because, you know, some of the BYOs only take cash. And I didn't even think about going to their website. I went to their Facebook page. I looked in the about section. I saw right away takes credit cards. I just defer there because I think that information is more up to date. Um, and even with, uh, that's the restaurant industry. And then in retail, I find myself going to Instagram before I go to the website to purchase just because, well, you can purchase from Instagram and I like to see the visuals and the outfits on people. And so that's two different, completely different industries. And then, you know, think about your, your home buyers. They're doing the same thing along their journey too. And I think it used to be enough for your social media team or for just a sales manager to be on social and to look out for those comments of people saying, oh, love your home and just like them. But as social media messaging is evolving and people are noticing that it's easier to go to social media to get an answer first, social media has become really your second website and it's it's your next online source of con of contact yeah and so as an osc i think it's extremely important for not just the social media team being there to answer those soft questions but you for the oscs to be really behind the scenes on social media looking for those people that are asking qualifying questions yeah for sure. So I mean, well, one thing disclaimer, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you have to stay up to date with your website because the, I don't yeah. think this platform is taking the place of the website. I want to say that, but if you're a serious buyer, you're going wherever you can to see all you can. Like if I'm, you know, in the market for a new home, I'm, sh I'm stalking them on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, wherever I can. So it's a multi-channel approach for sure. But yeah, I mean, you're, and there's different roles in companies, you know, sometimes the OSCs manage the posting. A lot of times group two does the posting, but they really need to be there just like, and have the same expectations as if a contact form comes through yeah. your website. Same exact approach, same kind of standards, same processes in place. We tailor it a little bit differently, but that's kind of what it's become. It's the same as getting a contact form on your website. And so, yeah, your home is beautiful. Oh, what color brick is that? Um, what is the siding? And we will still get some of them, but we also, the role of an OSC, and I see this so many times, is not just to yes, no, right? And people will ask, and ask those yes, no questions because they don't necessarily want to talk. Your job as an OSC is to elicit response. You want to start a conversation with the buyer. You want to see how serious they are. And you want to make sure you do these things before you kind of move on from that person. So, you know, so many times you see people just kind of move on from someone. They don't know if they're a quality lead. They don't know how serious they are. You need to take your online, your Facebook lead or your Instagram lead. 
just the same like you would a phone call. Because if you're getting a phone call, you don't know how serious that person is or you know what their buying um, time frame is until you start asking those qualifying questions. So when we're on the phone call, you know, kind of finding out what their wants and needs are, what's their time frame, what's their budget, what area are they interested in. These are all things that we're trained to do in this role to really um, find out where we can direct this lead, what is the best fit for them, and at the end of the day, deliver a quality appointment to our on-site um, salespeople. So we really need to take those practices and those foundations that we have, and we need to bring them to Facebook and Instagram and make sure we're doing the same exact things. Um, we should have consistency across all channels that we're advertising or, or marketing on. Completely agree. All obviously, but of course it's, <laughs> I, I've seen so many messages come through on Builder's Facebook pages that a prospect just asks, and I'm not even going to call them an audience member because they took the time to go to this Facebook page, click message, type a question, ask a question. They would not have done that if they weren't at least the interested in hearing a response. And so I've seen people ask, oh, do you build in this area? And just right away, the person responds, no. And nothing. No, no further questioning after that. And it's, it's, I think it's because people see social media leads or anyone that comes through social media without filling out a contact form and without you getting that little um, that little notification that says, oh, someone filled out a contact form on the website and they came from a Facebook page. Right. But rather that person coming from directly in Facebook and not going through your website first, people think they're so top of the funnel that it's just not even worth wasting your time. Yeah. So again, what are some of those qualifying questions to make, to lead that person, even if they are super top of the funnel, yeah. to lead them a little bit, to, to rope them in and not just say no and end the conversation there. Totally. So that hurts my heart when you tell me that example and they say no. Um, and guess what? I've listened to recordings of people um, that are training and say, oh, do you build in this area? No, we don't. All right. Uh have a great day. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, it's like daggers. And so I want to talk about that funnel real quick because, you know, some of your leads on your website are top of the funnel too. They really, really are. You know, they just have either interest or awareness and we need to, we need to kind of slowly convert them down to like action. And so I think you take the same approach, but how would I handle it? For example, if I had a uh, lead come across, do you build in this area? Um, rather than just saying, no, why is that area important to you? Is it um, convenient to your work? Do you need to be in a certain school district? Just, you know, pry a little bit more and find out why they need to be there. I think a lot of what I, I talk about is the why behind the what, right? And really finding out the needs of customers while they're, while they're making the move. Um, and when you dig a little bit deeper, you can uncover something. So again, we don't know that they're just set on this one area. And then that we kind of get into like distinguishing between objections or conditions, right? And so a condition is something that cannot be overcome. No amount of selling is going to convert that prospect. But objections, objections are questions in disguise. And so do you build here? That's a question. So no, but we build here, here, and here. Would any of those areas work for you? Um, and again, finding out why they need a certain location and prying into the, the reason behind their move. And so 
I always tell people to think about the why behind the what. Um, you know, why is that important to you is a great question to ask. Why do you need that? Um, another example that I always talk about is, you know, do you have a, can I build a third car garage on this home site? And some people might just be like, or does this community allow three car garages? I've heard people be like, no, it doesn't. I'm so sorry. All right. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Ah! That's another <laughs> me every time because, well, why is third car garage important to you? Oh, well, I need extra storage. Oh, well, if you need extra storage, our homes have the choice to do X, Y, or Z. And so again, finding out the need and seeing if you can direct them in a different direction. Because as an OSC, that is your job to lead them to the best fit for them, right? Because if you get them at the place they're supposed to be, that fits their budget, their area, their community, their timeline, um, their wants, needs, and desires, then you're delivering a more qualified lead to your on-site sales team that they're more likely to convert. Um, so that's one thing you can kind of do, just pry a little bit deeper, find out there. And then talking about the qualifying questions, um, really the things that we need to be asking is what is your budget? Um, you know, that way we can direct them to a community that works for them. And, you know, you don't have to say, what is your budget? You can say, you know, what is your desired investment range? There's different ways of um, asking that. Do you currently rent or own and, or did you have a monthly payment in mind? How did you get to that? And again, it's just developing a rapport, um, getting them comfortable. Um, and some people are tough. Some people are very, you know, want to give you those one word answers, but at the end of the day, you know, your things are slowing down a little bit. We're hearing. And so a lot of times you hear, I don't have the time to get to the social media leads or I'm only getting the ones that are, you know, right in front of me. And that's just not an answer because, you know, they are, there are people who have longer buying cycles and they're doing their research and, you know, we need to deliver the same customer experience and the same customer service that we would just like someone who gave us a phone call or filmed out a web leak. We, social media deserves the same attention <laughs> and experience. Um, definitely. It, and we've seen it work. If, people really put all of these tactics that you're talking about forth on social media. We have one builder whose OSCs do monitor all of the incoming questions on social media. And what's interesting that your website doesn't do, but Facebook does is Facebook rewards you for having quick responses and for answering people back. And your website doesn't do that. It's not like your website brings you more leads if you answer people's emails faster. But Facebook definitely, definitely rewards you for answering those questions. And so you're missing out on like five gold stars for if you're if you're letting those questions just kind of go by the wayside. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing, like the same processes that you would do on your website. So we always say like, what's your response time? Five minutes or less. I'd like to see that applied to social media yeah. as well. If you're in front of your computer and you have your notifications, um, speed sells. And so, you know, if they're on Facebook and they're like chatting a couple people or whatever, the person that gets back to them first is more likely to convert than the person that gets to them last. And so you have to remember that you don't want uh, to miss an opportunity to connect with a, a prospect, um, they could eliminate you before you even get the chance to talk to them. And so you kind of have to remember that. And then same thing, you know, if a lead comes in through social media um, and you get their contact information, which we'll talk about, I, I want to see the same um, processes in place that if it's a Zillow lead or a website lead or a, a new home source lead, um, no lead left behind. 
I like that. Print that out and put it on your wall, people. I literally just came Monday morning. I've had three cups of coffee and that just came out. <laughs> Write it down right now, quickly. I got it. No lead left behind. Here's just a a curiosity question for you, Lex. What are your feelings on keeping the conversation on social media or really trying your hardest to get that person's contact information right away and start talking to them off of social media? What's your vibe there? I definitely think you want to take it offline or as soon as you can. So I think it's nice to have a natural conversation just as you would as like a chat, right? Like say someone's on your website and they're on live chat, um, you know, get those questions answered and then say, if you find out that, you know, they have a budget that works with one of your communities and they have a time frame that works for you, you know what? Thanks so much for, um, you know, all your, your answers to the questions. I'd love to send you some more information. If you're not able to make the appointment right there on social media, would you mind giving me your contact information? I can send you over some information. You can look through it. I can answer any questions you have. Um, that's what I, I would take it offline sooner rather than later. So once you determine that there is a community um, or home site that might work for them, get their contact information. And again, if you're talking back and forth, you're establishing some kind of rapport. You're not just a robot. You're a real life person. Yeah. And so, you know, there's nothing for them to lose at that point. And if you responded quickly, wow, this builder has great customer service. And, you know, I have a great, um, you know, your OSC is the first impression of your company. And so if you're quick and you're polite and, you know, um, you're representing your brand in a great way, they're going to be happy to give you that information. And so I do think the sooner you can take it off and get that contact information, that's really your goal. If you can set an appointment right there on Facebook, kudos to you. And I've seen it done. But if we need, if we can't do that, our goal is to get their contact information, put it in our CRM. And then now we're like, you know, we're doing our um, outreach and uh, we can talk about what that looks like too. But um, that's a great question. And I would say, yes, as soon as we can get the contact information, the better. Yeah, I think, I think that's important to note too, after, while you were saying all of that and thinking of my question, I was like, Ooh, if someone just right away was like, hey, what's your contact information? Thanks for asking us a question. I'd be a little creeped out. I don't think I'd give that. I think you're right. You you definitely do have to have some and develop some type of rapport with that, that prospect before getting there contact information think about when you answer the phone right um you know hey it's alexis with abc builders um and someone says oh you're not right away you're not saying yeah what's your email like i mean sometimes that might happen but (laughs) same thing there you're asking you questions you're providing information you're asking them questions to be able to guide them it's the same thing you know that you would be doing if you answered a phone call You, you know you do it in a way it's like a natural fit it doesn't you're not drilling them with questions and i always talk about that because there are like at least five Five qualifying questions that you want to ask to really see where you can take that lead. But it's not like boom, 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 boom. It comes up naturally. And sometimes they'll give you the information. So, you know, I'll, I'll uh, be training people and I'll listen to their call recordings and I'm kind of seeing if they're answering or they're asking these questions. A lot of times the prospect gives you the information you need and they'll tell you, you know, I'm relocating and I, I have a job and I, I need to be at home within 60 days and my budget. Sometimes they'll just spew it out to you. That's great. Um, so it actually kind of becomes a natural conversation. Not that you're kind of like asking them question after question after question, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, de- it definitely makes sense. And I've I've seen it work. 
when that happens, and I've seen it definitely not work when <laughs> people don't follow those rules. Yeah, for sure. And so another thing that we've done recently, and I'm really um, keen on, I'll say, is you know, no lead left behind, no two follow-ups should look the same either. So I think it's so important for builders to have follow-up that's not only personalized to them, but also personalized to their lead source. And so if I am an online lead, I have a whole follow-up plan. If I'm Zillow, BDX, so, you know, and, and they might be um, very similar, but, you know, people are out there shopping and sometimes they're shopping 10 builders at a time and they're just putting their contact information all over the place. They forget who they even like gave their contact information. So if you can reiterate who you are, where you got their information. So, oh, I received your um, inquiry on Zillow or on new home source. If you can identify the location where they put that information, they might be like, oh, and it makes more sense rather than having one size that fits all response, right? And the same goes for social media. And I know you've done a lot of fun things with this, yeah. but why not have uh, a follow-up plan in place that is specific to that lead and where they found you and kind of what their behavior is. And so I think you can take it to the next level if you can craft some follow-up that's specific to the source where they kind of inquired about you. Yeah, that was a, a really fun project to work on with the builder that I referred to earlier who has their OSCs on social media and they garner so many contacts just from social media, we said, wow, wouldn't it be so much fun to have an email follow-up series that used social media language and kind of reminded people that you talk to us on social media exactly like you were saying, but give them a little bit more information about the home builder. And yeah. that was that was so much fun. And then I even started thinking, wow, I have I have filled out so many contact forms for brands on mm -hmm. Instagram contests and Facebook contests. And I'm just added to their generic yep. email list. Yep. But I thought to myself as we were making this, how much fun I it would be and how special I would feel to receive an email that was based off of where I put my contact information in. And it kind of shows that that brand or that builder is not only looking at you as a contact, but looking at where where they contacted you, what your journey is like, how they can add to the journey that you've already been on and kind of make it a little bit more exciting and a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit less about the homes and less about your journey and more about your journey. Well, it's all about connecting with them, right? Like, you know, this is one of the the most important and biggest investments and purchases they're going to make in your life. And so why not go the extra mile? And it's all at the end of the day, it all comes down to the buyer experience and making it the best it can be from start to finish. And so if you can do that and make for a better experience, I mean, think about it. If you're doing that um, and a, you know, a competitor isn't like how it just makes you stand out. Yeah. It just puts you one up and like, why wouldn't you want to do that? I right. mean, so at the end of the day, I just think it goes into th the thoughtfulness and the experience. And I'm going to want to build with a builder or buy with a builder that goes the extra mile and has that attention to detail and doesn't cut the corners of using that one automated email across the board. That's what it comes down to. 
you brought up a really good point about what you're doing that other builders aren't. And I think really just to, to tie this full circle too is if a prospect is reaching out to you on Facebook, they are most likely reaching out to your competitor on Facebook as well. So course, yeah. who's, who's getting to them first? I mean, filling out a contact form, anyone can get an automatic email right after they fill out a contact form on your website. But Normally, people are going to Facebook so that they can get that more personalized response. Yeah. And so think if if your competitor, who's going to be there first, you or your competitor? Because if you're, it's you, then you're 50% more likely to get that buyer. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. You're more likely to convert and you're more likely to win them over. And so... I, I can't stress how much I love that um, social media follow-up that's specific to it because you can have a little fun with it, yeah. right? And so it's just a great way to represent your brand and who you are and what you do. And you know, if you're not doing that, first of all, I find out many people aren't doing follow-up that's specific to the source where the lead came in. But this one for the social media and the creativity behind it is just it just goes the extra mile. And so think about having it in place if you don't. All right. Lex, we're uh I wanted I wanted us to keep this short and sweet for for all of our listeners, but aside from no lead left behind, are there any any little nuggets of wisdom you want to share before before we depart? Oh goodness. I would say it's been a very interesting 15 months. And the role of the OSC, not over the last 10 years, but over the last 15 months since, you know, we've been in this pandemic, if you will, has really evolved and shifted. And the way that people, you know, people just expect to make an appointment now, right? They don't, they don't just show up places anymore. So I, I just can't stress enough how important this role is and how important it is to have a, a follow-up that has multiple touch points in place over 60 to 90 days because there are some people that you know aren't converting right away but you need to stay in front of them with your messaging and your brand and you need to win them over at the end of the day but if you don't have an OSC in place consider um, getting one if you don't <laughs> have a CRM with a great follow-up system you need to have it in today's day and age and you know it's been crazy with leads. I have some OSCs that are just struggling to get by and they're answering the phone and, um, but they're not going that extra mile and they're not continuing with their outreach. And so things are in some markets quieting down and returning to normal, whatever that looks like now. But it's so important to remember all these foundations and these processes, because I think a lot of people got away from it in the pandemic because people were just, you know, buying sight unseen and, you know, uh, calling for an appointment. We didn't have to work for it. And, you know, I, I think depending upon the market, it's no matter what, you always have to have these processes in place and not get away from, you know, all of it because, you know, there will be a time that you need to work for these appointments and you need to like kind of keep on them um, to get them in the door of your model home. And so, I can't stress enough that, you know, don't get away from your best practices because um, I think the market will continue to evolve and shift as always. You know, that's what our industry does. And so just not getting away from the basics um, because I I think that's that's really important. And pay attention to your social media leads. They are (laughs) gold. I can't stress that enough. You know, um, take them seriously. Qualify them just like you would a phone call or a website lead because 
that's where people are going. And we just, we have to be everywhere. Um, and we have to kind of treat everyone the same. Honestly, that's what it comes down to. Great piece of advice. Great. So many pieces of advice in this podcast. I've learned so much just talking to you during this short 27 minutes. Um, so as I've been hosting more episodes of Building Perspective, I had started something new of giving people some Building Perspective homework. And so Ooh. your Building Perspective homework this week before the next episode comes out is to have, let's say, two just two, one, two, count them, two qualifying conversations on social media. And then I want you to join the Building Perspective group on Facebook, the group, and tell us about them. And let's start a conversation about what your qualifying conversations were like and how they went. Did you get appointments out of them? Did you use all the tips Alexis told you? And how'd it go? That's your Building Perspective homework. I will chime in. So definitely share your comments. If you like have a question or, you know, uh, something that came up that it's a challenge, I will jump in there and help answer any questions I can as well. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Alexis, Thanks. for coming on. Thanks for me. Bye. Bye.